everyone, and welcome back to The Art of Podcasting, episode 20, Building Your Brand, recorded August 26th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. We're finally glad to have all three of us back after months of weeks, at least, of that not being true. So not only is Steve Cherubino with me of howtopodcast.biz. Hi, Steve. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Good, good. But also the Professor Messer of ProfessorMesser.com, Mr. James Messer, is back with us. Hiya, James. I have forgotten how all of this works. Well, see, you talk into the mic and brilliance comes out. That's how it works. Hey, I'll try that. (laughs) So have you uh, not been doing your What A Week podcast recently? I have not. What A Week is on, as they say, hiatus. I see. (laughs) That that means no, I haven't been doing it. We were on hiatus for a while. What a week is what a week is is, is suffering from um a syndrome I like to call stuff going on in the family. I yes. don't know if you're familiar with this, Mark. No, I've never heard of that. Tell me about I, this thing. I can't imagine considering um but yeah, it's just been a very busy summer. So perhaps I will unearth it and dust it off eventually, but I I doubt it. And now that I remembered to turn off the fan, that hiss behind me will, will go away. Very good. We should really do the whole show over again because I'm that picky. No. Do you, think, do you think since we've been on hiatus, we worried some people that we, were, we pod faded? You know, I did get some feedback about that. In fact, from you on one of your uh, Android App Addict shows, you complained about the fact that the show was gone. So you didn't think I listened to your show, but I do. What? It's kind of creepy. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Checking you what? out. I don't, you know, Mark, I, I, prior, you've quoted me several times about <laughs> ways I don't remember. You, uh, I, I, you were uh, talking about your uh, videos, your um, yeah. uh, howtopodcast.biz videos, and uh, you said, I have to hawk them here because we don't ever do art of podcasting anymore. Uh. And Dor said, yeah, it's a shame that show went away. And you didn't it, correct him. It's tough when you don't you hear about the how to podcast dot biz, and yet it's not here every week to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, we're back. We always intended to be back. We just uh, it was longer than we thought it would be. And uh, last week, uh, James, you had to have a chance to listen to last week's show with Mike Tech, Mike Smith of the Mike Tech Show. As I've always mentioned, I don't listen to this show. Yeah, okay. I However, forgot. I did make an exception and did indeed listen just in case something came up that I would need to know about this week. All right. Well, we're we're sorry you weren't going to be there, but as you heard at the end, we plan to bring him back. And uh, yes, we- that would that would be nice because I was a little. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, I had not taken umbrage, but I was a little disappointed. Yeah, we actually never got to a single note in the notes. That entire hour and 40 minutes or whatever it was we did was all like pre-warm-up stuff. We never got to the notes at all. So So, we've not skipped a beat. (laughs) So we've got lots of other stuff to talk to Mike about when he comes back. (laughs) So we'll probably get to discussion point one in that show. (laughs) Very good. It was a good show. He was uh, an entertaining fellow with lots of good information. Just none of it was the stuff I had planned on asking him about. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. So this week we're going to talk about brand management. And this is something I will confess to have have, uh, always been very bad about. 
Uh, and whether you know it or not, you have a brand. Even if you don't have a podcast, you have a brand. Every individual has a personal brand. So uh, even if you're not a podcaster, this show will relate to you. Uh, we, you know, anytime you uh, hand out a resume or apply for a job, that is brand management right there. And you need to make sure you have done some brand management in, in the uh, b- beforehand. Otherwise, you will never get said job. Would you agree with that assessment? Totally. Brand is huge. Yeah. And I it's think one it, of those, it, kind of hard going into a, a, a type of meeting like that for the very first time and having that first impression with someone, because that's effectively what we are doing here. If somebody was to tune in and unfortunately catch, you know, the first 10 minutes of this podcast, they would wonder what in the world have they come across. But that's your first opportunity, of course, to get get right in their eyeballs and their earballs and say, okay, here we go. We are we're now, we're now this type of person. We're trying to put an impression on them, almost a literal brand. Yes, although much less painful, we hope. Well, it's sometimes. <laughs> I like earballs. That's a good one, James. <laughs> earballs. Nice. We but, record this very late at night. <laughs> we do. I've been meaning to talk to you guys about that. Now that I'm an East Coaster, too, this just hasn't oh, working out for oh, me at all. Oh, I see now. Yeah. I see how it is. Not an East Coaster, just Eastern time zone. Um, so anyway, before we get too far in, I wanted to uh, uh, give everybody a barbecue update because I know they were concerned about that. Do we uh, have a bumper for this and type of <laughs> yeah, barbecue update? The feature flash. of the week. Uh, after about three and a half months of not barbecuing, you don't have any idea how hard that is for a barbecue fanatic. I used to do it. Uh, like every week, every other week at the most. I mean, like every weekend I was barbecuing and I went three months without it and it was difficult. It was almost as difficult as, as being without this show for that amount of time. Now, now for those that are, that are listening in perhaps for the first time to one of your podcasts, what is your definition of barbecue? Because this is, does have some, some vagary associated well, with it. Indeed. Uh, if putting chicken on a grill is not barbecue, that's grilling. Barbecue involves low heat, long times, and smoke. Hardwood smoke. Very good. Old world style barbecue. And I'm a Texas purist. I like to barbecue brisket, um, among other things. But I'm finding that people in Georgia don't know what brisket is. See, when you grow up in Texas, you eat beef 19 times a week and think that's normal. Uh, But I'm finding out that's not the case in the rest of the world. Beef is not expensive quite as, here. Not quite the same thing. No, right. yes. Beef, very different perspective in Georgia. So anyway, I, this weekend I got my, the smoker. I got it out. I had to, it's a big beast and I had to set it all up and uh, repair some mild moving damage. A couple of hinges were bent and things like that. Is this a particular notable kind of smoker? This is a smoker I built myself. It's a cockerel really? smoker. Yeah. It's a, in fact, if you go to elementopi.com and in the forums, I have, I posted the plans that I drew up. And even a, a scale drawing in Google SketchUp uh, of my own. Yes, I'm that big a geek. Uh, my own uh, uh, electric smoker. It's electric. Like power. chitty chitty bang bang. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Um, wow. One Good of the job. issues with uh, with this is to get the temperature. It's a big space. It's four feet by two feet by four feet. So it's a big wow. space. Um, and to get that up to a, a good temperature it takes about five thousand watts of electrical power. Um, you don't find household outlets that support 5,000 watts. That's so, true. <laughs> so generally I have to, to run cords 
to two different circuits in the house. Now you've got and, to understand uh, for those listening, five thousand watts of power. Now that's I'm five microwaves. That yeah. Steve, Steve and I are in Florida. I went to Home Depot because a, a hurricane is imminent. And of course, they had a really nice sized generator there that produced 6,000 watts. Yeah. So this, you need that much power. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, okay. it's for uh, 1,100 watt uh, um, hot points. What is your electric bill? What's that? <laughs> What is your electric bill after you smoke things for a month? <laughs> well, um, I don't run it every day. You know, it's it's a weekend thing. But yeah, let's just say it's up there. Um, <laughs> running it for twenty four hours is the equivalent of putting four plugging four microwaves in and running them for twenty four hours. Um, oh yeah. But you know, it's just something. It's something you got to do if you're into barbecue. Um, I don't like propane because propane adds uh, moisture. I like electric because it's a nice dry heat. Uh, and wood is just too hard to get the temperatures right. I designed this one so they can literally dial it into exactly 225 degrees and know it's going to hold that for infinity, six weeks straight. Did you ever think about doing the art of barbecue? I'm serious. As a I, you know, I don't know that I could do a, a weekly show of it, but maybe okay. you know, every now and then. I, I love barbecue. I would love to do a cooking show, actually. I, I, I've considered that. Um, and when I feel like adding a seventh show to my weekly routine, uh, maybe I'll consider that. But anyway, the the, the, the point of this story is that uh, uh, I had to run extension cords to various parts of the house. One of them actually ended up having to come through the back door and plug into the kitchen to find two two outlets that were on different circuits to keep from blowing it. So uh, I, I did all that. I got it all set up. I, I repaired the damage that had been done. And I did my first dry run today, and I did a rack of baby back ribs and a rack of St. Louis-style spare ribs. And I have to say, they were awesome. They were meat candy. Uh, as all good barbecue is, when I picked it up with the tongs to take it off the grill, it fell in half. And then I had to pick uh, two pieces up. So I see. That's good barbecue. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Anybody interested in building their own smoker, the plans are there on the Element OP website. If you're as insane as I am, uh, you can do that. It's crazy. And it's actually cool. the, the lazy man's barbecue, the way because because it's electric, I don't have to tend the, the fire. I don't have to keep everything right. I throw some wood chips in a hotel pan and turn it on and walk away. And uh, tr- true barbecue purists say that I'm, I'm a cheater. Ah, uh, does it also take, is it also not as manly to do it that way? Well, you know, it depends on who you ask. I would mm-hmm. rather be in the house in the air conditioning watching reruns of, of BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear, that's right. <laughs> than sitting outside tending a fire. <laughs> I see. All right. And that's my personal story. You guys sort of share a personal story in that any minute now you're going to be wiped off the map by the largest hurricane in the history of hurricanes. Or at least it's that's what your in. nightly news likes to say, right? Right. Exactly. You want to talk about it, James? I don't even watch the weather. I, I just I found out about it yesterday, practically. I don't really watch the local news either, although having lived in a large metropolitan area in South Florida for 10 years or so, um, they certainly know how to hype it. Here in North Florida, it's more like South of Georgia. It's a little more laid back. It's a little more chilled out. And I'm so far inland that, that nobody even has hurricane shutters on their houses here. I'm in Tallahassee. so And it's hilly. 
up near this part of the state. So by the time any wind gets to us, trees will go down, lights will go out, but you don't generally have enormous problems. It 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 hasn't even gotten here yet. I looked at the the wonder map on um, weather underground before coming online and saw that Steve was getting rained on at the moment, but it's going to be tomorrow afternoon before it ever makes its way up this far. I'm so ignorant of the weather. I didn't even know I was getting rained on until James told me. See? <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I always love news stories like that. You know, it's you have some guy standing in a rain slicker, leaning forward at 45 degrees, saying, the, the winds have really come up now. It's about 75 miles an hour. Nobody should be out in this. While we were driving around, we saw lots of people out driving around. You really shouldn't be doing that. And the fact <laughs> is, everybody who was driving around was in a news van. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, everybody watching wants to see that guy get blown away. And that's, they won't, might not admit it, but that's what they all want to see. That weatherman go down. That's right. Well, you only watch NASCAR hoping somebody drives into the wall. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. <laughs> they should just have stock footage of, and they probably do, of people getting plywood at their home store because that's all they show on the news right. prior to, which <laughs> is quite remarkable that you're living in an area that is prone to hurricanes and you don't already have this, but that's what they always show on the now, Apparently these people buy the plywood, use it once and then throw it away. And then the next time a storm comes, they have to do it all over again. I'm guessing. I need to go to their houses and collect their plywood and then sell it back to them when the next hurricane comes. Maybe that's yeah. what's happening. You should open a hurricane store. <laughs> hurricane store. I love it. There's a great picture of uh, when Katrina came through and uh, pretty well walloped, well, everything in its path. But it was the, the first hurricane of any real size to get in uh, inland as far as like Austin, Texas. And there's a, a picture of a store uh, outside of Texas A&M University, Aggieland, where they have the uh, plywood inside the windows so that the windows get broken and then the, the, the projectile hits the plywood. <laughs> Unclear nice. on the concept. <laughs> So if you're listening out there, put the plywood outside your windows. <laughs> outside. Oh. So brand management. First off, what is a brand? We all have brands, as I said earlier. We can probably define a number of brands. McDonald's, Nike. Uh, you know, we can think of brands. But uh, Michael Jordan is also a brand. You know, uh, Steve Cherubino is a brand. Let's talk. Uh, just give me uh James, just because you're the name I picked out, yes. uh, give me a 50-cent definition of what a brand is. Well, the the uh, marketing 101 version of what a brand is is the thing that makes you different because you can be in a market with many, many podcasters, but there has to be something that sets you apart from everyone else that differentiates you from the rest of the herd since we're sort of staying on that beef topic. that That is your brand. And how you define that, of course, is one of the things we'll talk about in this episode. But that is the thing you have to think about is how do you want people to see you as different? What are the things that make you different or what are the things that you're going to show people that make you different? Very good. Because it is important that people um, recognize you and your product. Otherwise, you know, you're just in the, the sea of other people who do the same things you do. And it's, and it's not just one thing, of course. It can be 
um, the way you sound. It can be a color. It can be the way your website looks. It can be the fact that you always wear a hat. It could be almost anything. Colonel Sanders. Everybody just got a picture of a guy in a white suit, right? That white suit was his trademark. It was part of his brand. In fact, when he moved out of the chicken business, he was still Colonel Sanders, the guy in the white suit. That was part of his brand. What was was he really a colonel? He, uh, I'm I'm embarrassed to know this. There is a status that can be conferred by the governor of Kentucky of Kentucky Colonel, uh, and generally it's given to uh, uh, noted businessmen or people who've made a uh, a, a, a impact on the state of Kentucky. So he was a Kentucky Colonel. Actually, Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, is also a Kentucky Colonel. He just didn't walk around and make people call him Colonel. <laughs> wow, I I didn't know that. That's I feel much better knowing that actually now. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, uh food I do. I, now I, I, it makes you want to go to KFC a little bit more now. <laughs> so he once he was given the rank of Kentucky Colonel, he really uh took it to heart. It worked. So um can you not have a brand? There's, there's a question. Instead of saying, why have a brand or what is a brand, is it possible to not have a brand or do we all have a brand whether we want to or not? What do you think, Steve? Uh, I think that, that that's an interesting question. It's I never even thought about that, but absolutely, yes, you do have a brand whether you like it or not. And it's it's just what you are portraying and depending on what you're doing, but... uh. Yeah, so especially if you want to be a podcaster or do something in business, be careful because you you do have a brand. People are going to recognize you or know you for something that you do, and you want that to be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, we when I was working in the school system, we used to uh give the high schoolers the chat of, you know, everything you put on Facebook or at the time it was maybe MySpace, you know, that that never goes away. That's out there forever. And that will be Googled, and your employer, future employer, will find you uh, posting, you know, skipped work to get drunk. Man, that was fun. And that is your brand, and you need to manage that brand. You need to own it. So um, what are some ways that we can manage our personal or our corporate brand? Uh, James, you have a corporate brand, right? You Have you incorporated uh, Professor Messer in some way? And I, and I don't think you meant to own the fact that you were skipping work because you were drunk. But um, <laughs> well, you need to own your brand and clean up that garbage. Brand. You need to really be the best at skipping work because you're drunk. Um, I I do have a brand. I can't say that I have specifically worked very very hard at designing certain aspects of the brand. But there are certain things that when somebody sees one of my videos or comes to my website. There are certain things I want to be sure that they they get a feel for every time. They see certain things on the website every time. They see like your Chrome Dome, video. that's part of your brand, right? It's the exactly. I don't know that that was a decision <laughs> as much as it was a thing. Uh, very early on, when I was designing how I wanted these things to look on my website, how I wanted the videos to look, it was very very important that I be visible in the videos that was not something that was a fluke it wasn't something that was 
a mistake. It wasn't something that I just did because I thought it might be interesting. It was from the very beginning written into the the business model that that was how we were going to do it because I felt there there was a connection made when you can see somebody on the screen and, and they're talking to you. I feel that's a little more interesting than just having a plain screen with just slides going by. So part of branding what we were doing was adding that little picture in a picture in the video so that you can see what I'm doing when I'm going through the process of demonstrating software or looking at a particular feature of an operating system. Very good. So that's uh, we're going to sort of maybe use these terms interchangeable, but that's sort of your trademark as well. You know, it's it's a thing that you are known by. I think it's something very distinctive, and when people see my videos, go, "Oh yeah, that's Professor Messer video." Right. There he is, guys, in the corner. That's very good. So, what are some other ways you can brand your products? Like, you know, you can obviously slap your face on things. Uh, what else can you do? One is logos. You know, come up with a distinctive logo of some kind and put it everywhere you produce something. Yeah, that's one of the most popular ways to brand products is have a logo. And, I, you know, ha having a logo is huge because you, you could put logos ev everywhere. You put them online, you put them on websites, you put them on clothes, hats, stickers, bumper stickers, everywhere. So I think since we're on the subject of logos, I think it's important to have a logo. I think it's important that it's professional looking and that doesn't that definitely does not mean it has to be intricate because look at some of the biggest companies out there and their logos and you'll see that it's probably just something written with a particular font right. and nothing else you know um but have a logo that looks professional and if you are not a person who can recognize what professional graphics or pictures or websites should look like hire someone to do it it's that important a big logo news this week, as a matter of fact, which was with Microsoft, who hasn't changed their logo in, I think it was 74 years, uh, uh, finally updated their logo. I know. And did you see it? It's very uncomplicated, but uh, it does the job for them. Yeah, it was a very good example of keeping it simple, keeping it exactly the way that they're keeping sort of the theme of the company and the products, and yet making it much more modern. Yeah. Yeah, I had a discussion uh, actually when I first was launching the Element OP Network, and our uh, our logos always include this little guy. I call him Jack because he looks like he's doing a jumping jack, <laughs> and uh, Jack is on everything we do. Jack is our uh, thing, and somebody comment uh, compl commented on it that it's you know it's it's too simplistic, it's too childish. So uh, in in defense, I went and did a search of logos, and I'm just going to name some logos, and you tell me which of them are super complicated. Chevrolet, Audi, Coca-Cola, Pepsi. You know, none of these are fancy. Pepsi is the little yin-yang symbol. Audi is, is five rings. You know, it looks like the Olympic symbol. Uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, Mitsubishi is three diamonds. Actually, that's what the name means, by the way. Mitsubishi means three diamonds. Who knew? What? Uh, I, you yeah. knew. Chevy is a bow tie. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just pick something and use it consistently. I'm telling you, that's so right. One of, one of the first things I did when I started getting into internet and I did some marketing online and that did, wasn't working for me. So I actually started a logo design business and I did it. I'm not an artist. First of all, I'm not an artist. You know, I have a pretty good sense of composition. I can make some graphics, but I am definitely not an artist. 
Uh, that's th therefore logo making logos were perfect for me because the harder I tried to make a logo, the worse it came out. When I just threw something up there, a couple shapes, a couple colors, put them together, and they looked pretty nice, you had a finished product practically. So it is true that your logo doesn't have to be complicated. And your little Jack, your little guy Jack, if somebody said he was too simplistic, then they just they just don't know logos. Doesn't yeah. have to be that way. He's actually very complicated with the gradients and stuff. Um, hard yeah. to put on a T-shirt, actually. Hard to put on a business card. <laughs> yeah, so, and just splatter your logo everywhere. Right, and be consistent with it. Put it in the in the same place in the same way. And and you know, in in a lot of ways, James' logo is his face, his little smiling face. But he also has his uh, stylized text there. But when I think Professor Messer, I think the picture of James. Sorry about yeah. that, everyone. <laughs> uh, and, you know, pod nuts is not just the word, but that little uh, nut in the middle. You know, that's evocative to me. The yes. Old. Yeah, but other than that, especially in the early days, it was white text. I, I think the font was Sego, uh, S-E-G-O-E, black. Very popular. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I love that font. Um, and yeah, with, instead of the O, it was a nut. So you get the whole play on words, pod nuts, and that was it. It was gre The nut was green, and that was it. It's that simple. So your yeah, logo is important. That's definitely one element that do not neglect. I agree. Okay, so other than that, so instead of uh, branching out from just symbols, all right, so we've talked about the, the symbolism of your brand. Um, I think for... For many people in the entertainment business, their brand is their their person, their personality. Actually, it may not actually be who they are, right? Um, uh, Rush Limbaugh may not be the guy he plays on the radio, but that's his brand, right? Or uh, uh, F Fred Willard. Right, the news, the the weather guy. He may not. He may go home and kick puppies. You know, he may not be that big jovial guy, but that's the character that he plays. So it's important to, uh, of course, it helps if that's who you really are because it's easier, right? You can just be you. But it's a. I think that uh, if you're in this business, this communication medium uh, that we're talking about, I think it's important to to recognize that your personality is as much your brand as anything else. The way you speak, the things you say, the, the way you interact, people feel like they know you. And that is part of your, a huge part of your brand. I always find it interesting when a corporation that is extremely large is able to brand an individual or an individual within the organization is branded as a part of that organization, which you don't see a lot of. A lot of organizations work very hard to have the company as the thing that people think about. But even in this, even and I perhaps even especially in technology, we often see people as being so associated with particular parts of the organization that when you hear the words of Bill Gates, you naturally think of the origins of Microsoft. When you hear those names of those people who are doing that, you naturally think of those companies' names. Whether the company wanted it to be that way or not, it sometimes turns out to be that way. Right. You know, Steve Jobs was as much a part of Apple's brand as anything else. You know, he, they, uh, he personified Apple, right or wrong, 
that's that's the way it was. It was uh, Apple is Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs is Apple. You know, there are people who have heard the name Sergey Brin, but when they think Google, they don't immediately have a picture of Sergey Brin in their head. Right, right. You know, this is it's happening to me right now. I'm having a little bit of a tough time selling my Podnuts network because on more than one occasion, somebody has come up to me and said, Steve, Podnuts is, is you, it's Steve Cherubino. And I'm like, but no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, it is because when we think of Podnuts, we think of you. So I made that just not on purpose, but my person is a huge part of the brand. And it's kind of tough to change that and get people to uh, accept it. You know? Yeah, I, I've heard Leo Report talk about that. You know, we can't talk about podcasting without talking about Leo Report. Uh, one of the reasons he's brought in so many of the people that is on now is he realized he couldn't take any time off because he was twit. And, exactly. you know, he had to do every show. He had to be on every show. So he's tried to change that. And as somebody who listened to him before, I uh, find that distasteful and I don't actually like it when he's not on a show, you know? So it's, uh, he's basically, he's literally having to rebrand the Twit network and wipe himself out of the picture and make him just part of the Twit network instead of being the Twit network. Yes. It's a great example. And he has been successful with some shows and not with others, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough, you just kind of build yourself into it at right at the beginning there. You don't even think about it. Yeah. So you do have a brand. And that was actually my plan. I, I made that part of my business. Like, like James said, he wanted to be in every video. I want to be on every show we do. I want to be a part of it. Uh, I am I am branding. I mean, we, we, the first show we started with was the Taiwan Tech. You know, I, I was the Taiwan Tech. You know, there are others out there like me, but I was the personification of the Taiwan Tech. And when we branched out into uh, you know, having a network and being the Element OP network, uh, I I am the the personality of the, the voice. You know, you're going to hear my voice on every show. Now that may be problematic down the line, but right now it's the strategy I'm going with, and I think it's you know for better or worse, it's the way we need to go. Not because I have a huge huge ego, but just because I think there has to be a single person, a single voice, a single personality. Uh, that binds all these dips, disparate things together. Otherwise, it just it's just another mass of internet radio. Yeah, if that's if I I could see if that's the way you want to build your network, then yes, that's true. You mean you're, you mean otherwise it would be like a revision three type of network? Yeah, it would just be stuff, yeah. and uh, and that that that's fine. But I don't have the resources, so the, the way I look at it is that's the. That's the only thing I have to leverage right now is me. It's the only thing consistently that I know I can always have is me. I won't have, I don't have a lot of resources. I can't hire talent. Uh, so I'm building the brand on me. And, and the danger to that is if you don't like me, you will never listen to any of my shows. So there's a, there's a definite downside there. Yeah. Well, you don't want listeners to listen to your shows if they don't like you. Uh, well, ideally, I want everybody to like me, but <laughs> if they don't, that then they, you know, there may be a market I'm closing off there simply because I don't speak to certain people. And, you know, that means I can't be an all-encompassing entity. It's uh, It limits me right off the bat. But right. it's also, I think it's the the only strength I have right now. James, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, speaking as someone who not everyone likes him, I get my fair share of people sending me emails that perhaps uh, ha- have a particular point of view that is is different than mine. Um, I can first say that if you do not like the brand, you could just not tell me. That's fine. You don't have to <laughs> just just don't send the email. I'm not sure what compels you. But the people who don't like something are always way more vocal than the people who do. You learn to get a very thick skin. When you, when you start doing some of these things, um, the the part that I find interesting about a person and a brand is that it does create a little bit of a sticky wicket, and and you have to go into it knowing that that's the way it's going to be. Leo kind of realized this early on. A lot of what was going on with the Twit Network early on was that it it suddenly exploded. It got very popular in a very short period of time, and he was all there was. So therefore. We think about that as being associated with it. So now he has to rebrand. He has to think about having other people. They're going to be up front. They're going to be uh, running particular parts of that show or having their own shows on that piece. Um, I, I find the same problem, of course, because I would love someday for this to explode on my side and have other people creating similar videos that will look the same. They will be packaged the same because I have physical products as well. And all of my physical products are all branded exactly the same way with exactly the same style of graphics, exactly the same type of fonts and the colors um, I have. Uh, but I, but I want to be able to put somebody else in that upper right hand corner in that, that talking head view so that it still has that flavor. But, but I, I realized early on, of course, I named it me. I mean, the name of it's <laughs> Professor Messer. It's kind of hard to come off of that one. You know, the, it was, it was originally designed to be that way. Uh, so the really the best I can do is to, um, is to either clone myself or force my children to do this. And so far, I think it's working pretty well. We're in the lab. And of course, I'm, I've now got them locked in a room and pointed at a camera. So we'll have that working eventually. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you could find people that look like you, James, or have them wear masks. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Let me write that down. Yeah, just get like like those cheesy Nixon masks that bank robbers wear. Just yeah, have, right. Just have some some uh, some Messer masks made. Up. Messer masks. You started I off that want way. One. If you, I want, I want one, James. It, it probably a- won't stop the hate mail, but boy, everything would look exactly the same. Not just only give the hate, just give the hate mail to the, you know, your twins there. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Not right only up. would I buy a Messer mask, I would wear it on the air. I would. Be frightening I, for all of us. I'd wear it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come visit you on the visitor's days. So <laughs> what are some <laughs> what are some uh tips, some strategies, some things to keep in mind when you talk about extending your brand? All right. So so let's say that the brand is James. All right. Well, James knows about James. And James' family knows about James, and James' friends know about James. How does James get other people to know about? It? How do you extend your brand? How do you advertise essentially? You know, how do you get other people to know and to care uh, about your brand? How, uh, that is an important part of management, right? You want to not only um, make people aware of it, but make sure they're aware of it in the proper light, in the best possible way. I think we've we've talked before about uh, when you're a podcaster or running any kind of small business, there's this thing in the middle that is the product. And then all around it is the office manager, 
the uh, accounts payable department, the uh, the production team, shipping and receiving, and then you've got, of course, marketing. But of course, all of those bubbles are you. You're you're having to do all of that. It's a very and, bland Venn diagram. It is, and, and as you're trying to figure that out, that bubble for marketing is a pretty important one to to figure out how you want this to go because you have to think about that from the very beginning before you record an episode before you do one thing with products that you're going to create for your business you have to have that marketing flavor that you're trying to create a lot of that is going to be the brand that ultimately is is put onto people's eyeballs they see and they reference and one of the important parts of that is consistency you have to come up with a, a particular look a particular style or even a particular color i mean when you think about home depot what color comes to mind? They they have they have burned that into our skulls that oh that's the color of that particular company and and you can do similar things with yourself if you always wanted to be that green that red white and blue that yellow there's an opportunity to do that as you're as you're making yourself aware that way anybody who came across a website an advertisement a mention a notice would always see that color they go oh yeah that's that's Professor Messer I know what that is that's Professor Messer um, it 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 makes people just have a Pavlovian response to seeing that and immediately referencing that and putting your your name associated with that thing, whatever it is. Maybe it's just a style of your website. You go to certain websites, when you hit the website, there's something unique about it. That's something that makes it their own. And that's another good example of how you can brand something to be so specific to you and and have that particular flavor associated with your your business, your company, your product or whatever it happens to be. Interesting story about Home Depot. The reason they have that orange color is they were uh, a broke startup, they didn't have any money and that was the cheapest paint color at the hardware store. It was on sale cuz nobody wanted it. So that's the color they painted their store. And now they're a multi-billion dollar multinational company still using that because it was part of their brand. Now, or maybe being, maybe because it's cheap still. It could be. Could could still be. I have a a background in marketing. I have a business degree, and I spent some time in corporate marketing, where I have gone to meetings for an hour, and we've talked about colors. This this is, um, and, and I'm although the the role I was in was one of technical marketing. I was involved in these meetings, and halfway through, you have that introspective thing you do, thinking. Have I made really the right career decisions here? <laughs> have have I just turned the wrong corner? Um, because when you're with marketing, every nuance is examined, the colors you use. And every color has a meaning to it. It has an emotional reaction to people. And marketing wants to refine that reaction to the point of the font, the types, typeface, the colors, the kerning of the typeface the uh the stylization of the text around the typeface all of those things are part of the branding and although getting into that minutiae is often painful to go through should it really be blue or should it be purple should it be uh, fuchsia maybe we should examine fuchsia that you get into that but you really do have to think about it because when you pick it you're done i mean you're locked in it's very, very hard to rebrand, to go back. You have to you know, get rid of all your letterhead and burn all of your shirts. Now you got to do something different and then get people to think that way. So although, although that, that uh, 
detail, that the attention to detail is something that for, for us, for technical people can often be very painful to sit through. It is so important to look at every little aspect. And, and it's, that's why people have, have these focus groups. That's why marketing will pull in complete strangers who have never sat in a meeting. They don't understand anything about the difference, differences between the emotional impact of red or green or purple. And they put them in front of a screen and say, what do you think of that? What do you think of that right there? And they get their feedback. But that's why, because you want some third party to walk in and give you an idea of what they felt about that, because there's going to be many, many people seeing that over and over and over again. You want the impact to be positive. Just so nobody has to run to Google while they're listening to this, kerning is the spacing <laughs> between letters and the width of letters uh, so that you can proportionalize those and make it look just so. Cool. That's good stuff, James. That that really is good stuff. I mean, your marketing education has shown through and what you've brought to the show already tonight. I don't know about sitting through hours of meetings on what color is appropriate really counts. But <laughs> no. there it is. No, but yeah, like I'm sure that you know, professional marketers, they just test and test and test and they they pull on people and they survey and survey and survey and they find out what the buttons are. And um, though, you know, a, a podcaster might not have the resources to do it, it's kind of a good idea to know what your target audience wants before you try to give it to them. So as much research as you can do to find out what buttons you need to press with your audience, you should do and base your, you know, your brand off of that. I didn't do that. I think, what's that, James? I said, show it to your spouse, show it to your mom and dad, although... I show them to my mom and dad and they think, are you sure you, you know, you're doing the right thing here? Maybe you should go back to school and, and then be a doctor. Mom, I'm in my forties. I can't be a doctor. We're locked in. This is it. We're, we're going this way. I just want to know if the kerning looks good. <laughs> That's awesome. How does this font make you feel? Does it make you happy? Are you eating? Okay. <laughs> Have some pie here. So, uh, and, but what you guys have both said without saying it is ask, ask, ask. And if you have an audience, hopefully we have an audience on this show and I do it every show. I ask for your feedback. I beg for it because I can't know what you're thinking unless you tell me and you don't know to tell me unless I ask. So be intentional about that. Make sure you're serving the right audience. Make yeah, sure you're, take, you're actually yeah, doing what needs to be done. You know, for, for podcasters, you know, we've talked about colors and websites and that kind of thing, but there's a lot of great branding out there that is music or a set of tones. Um, I, there's, there's the comedian that jokes that he could have made millions if he would have come up with by Menon, you know, that, yeah. that was so simple. And yet that's one of those things that now you hear that noise, you hear that Intel, you know, that's yeah. Intel. Or in, or NBC, bum bum bum. Three tones for crying out loud. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the things I do or I did to mark to to promote my brand and create my brand was first I made the logo. You know, I and I did. For I mean, let me start off by saying I. Nope. Let me start off by saying, and then he didn't say perfect. anything anymore. He and the away. hurricane hits. <laughs> Hurricane Isaac has claimed him. Didn't take long. So, uh, James, let's just vamp while he comes back. Uh, keep going. I'm sure you had other thoughts. 
Well, he was talking about font, and I can tell you, the, or or the logo. Um, the guy who did my logo was just a, an idiot, just a moron. Was it um, you? It was. Yeah. Okay. Um, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of of really good thought put into it. There was thought, but there wasn't a lot of good thought put into it. And and um, I, I run into similar things that you were mentioning earlier about. Well, it looks good here. If it, it fits on a business card, well. Ooh, but it doesn't look good on a shirt or it doesn't look good on a website or it doesn't fit right when I try to take my logo and stick it into other websites where I need to put it in an invoice or somewhere else. You don't even think about those things when you're building a logo. And if you look at corporate logos like a Facebook, like a Microsoft, they not only have one style of logo, they have multiple styles. They have one where it's on a right. white background, one that it's on a, a black background. They have one that's in color. They have one that's in black and white uh, where the the type of, of logo looks similar, but they've changed the coloring. And although we don't have the necessarily those kinds of resources available for small businesses starting out, even a podcaster, there's a lot of really interesting free not necessarily free but other programs you can get to do these things yourself there are logo creation applications that do nothing but that although i've looked online and um, there are some very very reasonable uh, prices if you want to go to a third party where it's a human being actually creating the logo um, on the web that that spending just a little bit of money might give you a nice return are you back with us steve i am back All right. i heard what james said you want to continue your thought yeah. Yeah. I'll just give some of the things that I did when I created my own brand. Um, but I, what I was going to say when I got cut off was I actually didn't do a lot of asking and research when I started. I just kind of went off what I thought looked cool and what I looked saw on other sites and what I thought people might like. So, hey, if that's all you got, then go with it. Um, I created a logo, you know, and I, I made it pretty simple, but I, I made it kind of creative because it's pod nuts. So I put a nut in the logo. Boom. There's the O is the nut. And that's that's a nut used in like with bolts and nuts, not any other kind of nut. Right. Okay, so uh, so you do that. Make a nice logo. Put up a professional looking website. That's your brand. I consider that my website is my home base. Now, every time I say Podnuts, they go, "What is that?" I say, "Go to Podnuts.com. Podnuts.com. Podnuts." I've provided myself something I could say in a very short period of time that people can just go to and find out what my brand is. That is my home base. So I think everybody should have a home base. Um, made the logo, made the website. For every show that I did, every podcast I did on my network, I created like what's called album art, and it's basically just a square graphic, like a like a record, like an album, like old school records have um, art on the cover of the album. I created that for every one of my shows. So I have album art for Podnuts, for Podnuts Daily, for Podnuts Pro, Linux for the rest of us, Android App Addicts, all have their own album art. That's their brand. You know, Another thing that people realize or get when they go to Podnuts is about a five-second introduction music loop that plays at the beginning of every one of my shows, no matter what show it is. It could be the Linux show. It could be the Podnuts Daily show. And it's just this, this guitar riff, electric guitar riff, and that's in the middle there, kind of hidden. It says "Welcome to Podnuts." Now, I meant to make "Welcome to Podnuts" a little louder, so you could actually understand it, because sometimes it's just really muffled. You don't know what it is, but I didn't, and I just kept it the same the whole time. I haven't really had any complaints, but you you know it's Podnuts by listening to the beginning of every show. You know a Podnuts show is coming, so that's that's some branding you could do. Have music for all your shows. You brand all your shows. That's another 
way of branding and then how I conduct my show. I, the way I host my show is pretty consistent across the boards. I don't change personalities for different shows. I, I, people know me and they could tell me consistently from show to show because that's just, I, I just try to be myself and act the way I would like other people to treat me and be courteous to my guests. All these things are branding. So, um, those are just a couple things off the top of my head that I do and I did to brand Podnuts. So, just some tips there. I should have thought more about some of those when I was getting started because uh, putting together, the, you mentioned website, website. Oh, just go to professormesser.com. Well, as it turns out, not everybody can spell professor. And, and turns out not everybody can spell messer. I always, messed up on, I always messed up on messer. I put an E instead of an O-R. Well, it, e. it, or reverse because it is an E. See, this is the problem I have. But... Right. But if you go to Professor Messor with an O or Professor Messor with an E, you go to the same place. Because I had to think about how are people going to type this in and I need to get them back to my brand. I don't want them going to a 404 page or something that just doesn't exist at all. So Did you get P-E-R-F-E-S-S? -E -E yeah, well, -E you know, you could do many, many different iterations <laughs> of this. I had to draw the line. Professor James, I feel like such an idiot for messing up your name right now. <laughs> but, but you didn't because I already thought of it. Oh, sorry. I, I don't have Professor Messner. That's one Messner. I don't have. So I had to make a decision. Where do I not uh, buy so many domains that I'm spending all my money on domain names? I heard somebody say, and I thought it was good advice. Um, domains are cheap. You know, you can get them six, eight bucks a year uh, pretty much anywhere. Um, go out and not only get ProfessorMesser.com, but get ProfessorMesserSucks.com and ProfessorMesserIsAnIdiot.com. <laughs> Uh, and, and just, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars getting all of those so that, you know, that's a way of protecting your brand. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think go ahead and just, you go ahead and get the, the sucks.com. I think that's fine. Knock yourself out. <laughs> that's just more, more people. That's one of those times where, ah, I can use this. This would be great marketing. So please. I'm going to, I'm going to do a GoDaddy search right now and see if pod that sucks is taken. <laughs> And hopefully it's not and is available. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. Uh, we were talking about the logo. I just, the Jack that I mentioned earlier, I uh, commissioned a graphic artist, a woman I know, to do that. And the original Tightwad Tech logo had him and the uh, font, which I, I chose not to take offense to the fact that the name of the font is Asinine. Um, but that, that really is the name of the font. So she wrote the Taiwan tech in, in that font with, uh, the little character there that she drew. Um, and I have used that and that, that font when, when I did the element OP network. So that cost me like 200 bucks, um, to have that logo done. And it's, it's higher quality than anything I could do. Um, and she sent me the original, uh, Photoshop PSD file. So it's, you know, it's, it's mine and, and everything about it and, and sent me a, uh, a document saying that I own the artwork. So that's something you could do. Uh, you know, if you, if you don't have the artistic skills, I, I, I don't have the artistic skills. Steve does to make my own logo. So I found somebody for, you know, not a whole lot of money who could do it. You could probably go to fiverr.com and take your chances, but, uh, you know, the odds are, are better if you go to somebody who does it for a living, that they're going to do a good job of it. 
I will simply recommend to you that you sit down and simply try to pick out a typeface and you will discover quickly how crazy this can be because you'll look at a type. No, that's not good. You'll go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of typefaces and then you realize I should probably just have a professional do this. (laughs) It's true. I've gone through so many fonts. So many. You know, and, and on the, the visual thing where, where you're talking about branding, all of, all of the icons for all of my shows follow a theme. They have the, the white text at the bottom, the blue text going up the side, Jack in the corner, and then the logo for the show in the middle so that you can tell at a glance, just walking by, that that show is one of my shows. And that was, you know, a, a, a visual cue that I chose to use. Yeah, that's, that's really good that you did that. Um, follow up on what Steve said real quick that the the stinger that you have at the very beginning of your show it works when I hear that I know immediately okay we got a pod in that show that's starting up right now I picked the right one I'm listening to the right thing this is the right show to listen to and it only takes four or five listenings to automatically know when that starts up oh that's uh, a pod nut show I know immediately I I have no ability to set up a system and record something musically and do that there's a lot of websites also out there where you can go through a list of tons of stingers that they have and for five dollars you'll have a stinger and it's yours and you can stick it on your your podcast yes there's tons of stock music sites in fact that music I, I actually didn't play there's a guy named Evan King I found on a site called garageband.com when it used to exist, doesn't exist anymore, who just, he was just a kid and threw up some music on there because he, he liked to play music. That was in his description. I love to write music. And uh, he didn't charge anything and just threw his music up there. And I asked him if I could use it. And I told him I'd give him credit. And he said yes. And there's, there's sites like that, like that. And there's great music out there. So you got to oh. do a little bit of searching. There you go. Um. Ah, I forgot what I was going to say before. Uh, Mark was talking about the way he set up his graphics. Oh, uh, one common denominator, if anybody is listening, that has that exists between all of us talking and all of our sites right now, me, Mark, and James, is that we have websites. We are not hosting our complete podcast on YouTube or Facebook. Um, we have a home base, and that that puts us in control of your experience when you land at our site. You know, Facebook might go away sometime. And if you, you know, depend completely on, oh, just go to my podcast. Is that facebook.com slash Steve is awesome. It will be gone, like, eventually. You you lose control. You don't own Facebook. If you have your own website, you own your website, you can control the experience that, you know, the person gets when they go there and really brand your product better than letting Facebook botch your brand, you know? So, have definitely have your own website. Even if you think it's tough or you don't know how to do it, figure it out or get somebody to make you a website and use that as your home base. I can't stress that enough because that's that's where you want to send people. And being the Taiwad tech, I will say it's cheap. 100 bucks a year at the most. You can have hosting that'll give you a WordPress or a Drupal, just a push button website. It doesn't, you know, ideally you want it to be polished. So maybe pay some guy to really trick it out for you once and and then you know just update the content from then on out so you don't it doesn't have to cost a lot of money but i agree that it's very important that you own your own namespace yeah and updating the content on your site now is quite easy with a lot of these 
the engines that these websites use now is makes it so easy for the user to add content. You just click a create a new posting button and bam, you just type in what you want. So yeah, you could have somebody else do all the hard work, which I recommend because creating my site was a pain in the butt. And then just you do the easy work of uh, putting the content in there. Yeah, I don't. I, we talked about workflow a little bit. I don't think I mentioned it then. But when I put a new show up, I go to the old, the last week's show. I copy it. I paste it into a new form, and then change the introductory text and the links. So I mean, if you could work a web browser or, or a, a word processor, you can work my website. It, it's not. Uh, you know, super genius stuff. It took me a while to come up with the format initially, but once I did that, the rest of it's copy paste. And, uh, you know, it's a fully graphical thing. You know, like Steve said, Drupal is, is a pain to set up, but once you get it, you know, it's just there. It just works. Um, so own your own space and, you know, just do it. Don't, don't, don't trust somebody else. Right. Definitely. Because then you're just building their brand. Because think about exactly. it. You say, go to Facebook.com slash whatever. The first thing they hear is Facebook. Right. They're not hearing Podnuts. They're hearing Facebook. Facebook. And so while they're there, there's all these distractions, right? So they're, quote unquote, on your site, but also all their friends are chatting with them down there in the corner, and they've got all the the ads popping up on the side. Your content is a, an afterthought if you send people to Facebook. And there was silence. What happened? Nothing. <laughs> Maybe did is Steve there? Did we lose I'm back. Him okay. Right <laughs> I was just <laughs> waiting for some you know insouciant comment, and then nothing. Oh, uh, sorry. yes, you're correct, sir. <laughs> I hear so many. You you read on the internet probably at least once a month where somebody who is um, of significant stature. Someone you know, you know, uh, you know their product, you know their podcast, you know who they are on the internet, and you'll see their tweet that says, "Well, Facebook has turned me off. I don't know why. My exactly. account has been disabled. I have no idea why." And it turns out, well, you posted a picture of a butterfly, and as you know, butterflies are known to be a connotation of evil in the country of the something Stan, and then. Now your account's disabled, and if you have put everything into that particular Facebook or Twitter or MySpace or pick whatever it is, and picking on Facebook, but it can be anything, you have no control over that. Um, if you're on a a site for free and you're you're looking around and realize you can't figure out what the product is on that site, it's you. Right. Uh, you need to have people come to your site where you have control. You can't turn yourself off. You're always going to be there. They can always type in that domain name and always get to you. Yes, definitely. I, you know, it's very popular right now to use YouTube. And I uh, people ask me this periodically. They'll ask me the question, how come you don't do YouTube? Because, uh, you know, I don't post videos. I, we, we stream videos sometimes. We're not tonight. But uh, uh, we uh, I don't do videos. And I say, well, why not use YouTube? Why are you paying for your own host when YouTube op- offers free storage. Well, because I don't trust YouTube. Not that I don't think that Google is a good company. Not that I don't think YouTube's a good site. But it's not in their best interest to serve me specifically. It's in their best interest to serve a wider audience. And when the o- wider audience doesn't include me anymore, tough noogies. Right. So, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. Now, I do agree with having a YouTube channel and putting your stuff there, too. 
there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But don't put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, that's that's actually encouraged and a good a great way to build your brand is have your home base and then branch off of that. You know, have your own website and then have your Twitter account, have your Facebook, have your YouTube channel, have your Ustream or Justin TV, have as many other things as you can that you can actually handle and and work on, but keep your home base as the place where people come to first to, you know, to see you. All right. Any other thoughts on brand or did we just run them out? We don't have anything else in the notes. What's, uh, yeah. Well, a couple other things. Um, gosh, Steve, I'm trying to end the show. Gee, gee, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, you shouldn't say when there's nothing else in the notes. <laughs> you um, sounded desperate, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, use a site like zazzle.com and, or, or cafe press or a site that will create merchandise for you. And you know, once you have a, a nice logo that you're happy with and is professional looking, you know, get stuff made and give stuff away because people want that. Especially when you got you have people listening to your show and really like you, they're gonna wanna wear a Podnuts hat or wear a Podnuts shirt or put a bumper sticker up. Get that stuff. And it's really easy nowadays because these sites will print it on demand. So you don't have to invest like thousands of dollars into the, your merchandise. That's just another way to expand your brand. Yeah. And I may have said this before on the show, but don't try to make money off of that. It's better to have 50 people wearing a t-shirt you sold them at cost than five people wearing a t-shirt you made money off of. It's true. It's true. At OLF, the Ohio Linux Fest this year, I'm going to bring probably the rest of my stock of hats and t-shirts that I have and give them out to people that, uh, you know, just that people that want them. Because I know a lot of Podnuts listeners are going. They probably don't have a hat and shirt or whatever. And I'm going to start giving it away. It's good. It's a really good thing to do. Okay. Now the notes are <laughs> done. And uh, to that end, uh, Steve will be giving away hats to the first 15 live callers right. at uh, 1-800-PODNUTS right now. <laughs> I wonder what that call, where that call will take someone. It's not enough letters, is it? Actually, it is. It's seven. Yeah. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Now I want to call it and see what happens. I'm doing it. We'll now. do it after. <laughs> <laughs> call it. Put. It, can you put it on the air? Let's see what happens. You get some that Vietnamese one. bakery in New Jersey. <laughs> awesome. That is, um, you know, that's my Spanish affiliate. No recibimos una respuesta. Favor de marcar su número de identificación personal. Okay, that's uh, that's very impressive, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, James. Excellent accent. Now, if anybody does call that number, ask them for a free hat and T-shirt. <laughs> yes, yes, do that. <laughs> Calling for my T-shirt, please. I want my free T-shirt, and I want it now. <laughs> I've been thinking about having some hats and shirts made up, and you know, doing giveaways and that sort of stuff. But that that uh, it's an expensive thing. Yeah, you know, and that's it's a marketing you have to look at it as a marketing budget, right? And we talked about marketing a couple of weeks ago. Um but it's just not something I've done yet because uh, it's a a fairly large initial investment. It is. That there probably is no return on, no tangible return. That's true. I spent a thousand bucks. I got I think I got a hundred hats and a hundred t shirts. It might have been fifty. I can't remember. Wow. But um yeah. It was worth it. Yeah, that's not 
that's in inexpensive run. for what it is. But uh, yeah. that's an you can't say I'm going to spend a thousand and I'll jot down an expected return of ten thousand on that. It's just not exactly. how it works, right? You know the the Super Bowl ads that cost millions of dollars. They're not expecting direct returns on that. At least I hope not. That's probably a waste of money too, if you ask me. Okay. Anything else? I, I really am seriously asking that question. Is there <laughs> anything else before we move on to the lessons we learned this week? I'm out of material. Me too. Uh, I think we started out of material and just made it up as we went along. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We're as good. we always do. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned my lesson learned a bit earlier. Electrical wiring is confusing. This this one, the basement I'm in right now has one electrical outlet in it. And apparently every other thing in the house is connected to that one circuit. I can't plug anything in. I've got my gear plugged in, and it's not pulling much. It's two laptops and a compressor and a mixer, so you know maybe, I don't know, five amps at the most. I plugged my electric shaver in to charge it in our bathroom <laughs> upstairs, and it tripped this circuit. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's two floors above me, and it tripped the circuit. Oh, my God. Electrical wiring is crazy. I don't understand how people do that. There's no logic to it. The uh, The garage door opener in the garage on the other side of the house is on this circuit. Go figure. Wow. So anyway, that's my lesson learned this week. Become an electrician and people will pay you. <laughs> exactly. What about you, Steve? What do you got? Me? I have, um, I, I bought a new laptop and I spent like the better half of a week trying to get an SSD into this thing and this laptop booting from it. Now, because it's a new HP laptop, I think what they're trying to do now with HP laptops is idiot proof their machines so you cannot screw them up. Therefore, they limit the buy your BIOS settings and the settings on startup to almost nothing. And um, I couldn't get this SSD to boot. So I finally got an SSD. And I finally got it working after spending a long time. And I just have to say, going from a spinning hard drive to an SSD was the best thing I've done in years. If you have not tried an SSD in your machine as your operating system disk, not, not for storage or whatever, just as your OS disk, you put Windows on it. It's so fast. It's so awesome. You will not go back to spinning drives. Was it worth the week of tinkering? I hate to say it. Yes, it is. In fact, check it out. I, I bought three different SSDs because I thought it was the brand that was bad. And because SSDs are kind of funny, they have different controllers and it's made by different companies and some work with this and some work with that. So I bought, I bought three. I returned one. I actually was left with two and I was going to return the other one. I liked this SSD so much. I put because this hard drive has two hard drive bays, or this laptop has two hard drive bays, I put my the other SSD in the other hard drive bay. So I have two SSDs in this thing. They're quiet. They they're they don't heat up that hot. Um, you don't have to worry about banging your your computer around. Not that you should, but you don't have to worry about the hard drive getting damaged. Um, and they take less battery power. I love them. So I you're love them. you're using one for OS and one for data now. Yes. Knowing that the data one has a finite lifespan, right? Yeah, but it's, I'm not using it to record audio. I'm mainly using it to store samples and stuff like music samples. And uh, 
to use in my music stuff. So it's it's not, I'm not really taxing them as much as one would think. Right. I think what really kills them is uh, trying to record stuff to them, um, like record live video or live audio. And, yeah, I, yeah. They, I, our audience is technical enough; they'll know. But I'll say it anyway. Uh, writing to an SSD is a destructive act. Reading from it is not. So if it's something you're going to write once and read many times. It's great, but something you're constantly reading and writing, like your swap drive, you know, your your virtual memory, that yeah. that's a bad idea. You will f- literally physically destroy the drive by doing that many reads and writes. I'll tell you what. Um, first of all, anybody who installs one, make sure you have a backup plan. Back your stuff up to you could back your stuff up to a spinning drive or online into cloud. Just back up your stuff. So definitely take care of that and back up your stuff. Second of all, Mark. If you told me this drive will last you one year and not a day more, I would still buy it and use it. It's that much of a performance improvement. Yeah, and just to be accurate, when I said there's a finite lifespan, it's in the tens of thousands of rewrites. I mean, it's it's going to last a long time. So, yeah. yeah. If you're really thrashing a drive, you'll get a year out of it. If you're just an average juice, you'll probably replace the laptop before you replace the SSD. Exactly. That's what it's- Apple's betting on. You know, their MacBook Airs have SSDs in them and they're just yeah. planning on people replacing the machine before the drive breaks down. Right. Right. Anyway, that was great, Steve. James, how about you? Anything from from that you learned this week or that you wish you had learned previous to this week? Well, just a, a comment on on Steve's SSD. What's remarkable about that is when you power on your laptop that has an SSD, you can literally hear angels singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. that good. It's true. It is that good. Um, but you well, pay for it. It's like $100, uh, 100 meg, right? Or something like uh, that. You, you don't even, after you've booted up the first time, you don't even remember what you paid for it. <laughs> it's true. It boots so fast. I don't care. Give me another one. Do they have <laughs> these bigger? Uh, that's, that's what that turns into. Uh, my tip of the week is hurricane season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. And although uh, you may be living in the desert, which is where I spent the last week, um, there's obviously no hurricanes going through the, the state of Nevada, but the same rules apply for disaster recovery. So if you are wanting to make sure that your computer stays in one piece, that you have your data somewhere, not only have all of your information backed up somewhere local, but make sure you have it also backed up somewhere that's not local. That way, if you do, um, oh, I don't know, lose the roof on your house, you are still able to have that data in another location that you can always go back to. If it's that important, make sure you have extra copies of it. If there's anybody out there who isn't using Dropbox, use Dropbox. And if you want to use Dropbox, let me know and I'll send you a referral code and I'll get free space on Dropbox. But it's a it's a perfect tool for that. Don't put stuff that's super secret because, you know, the, the security Nazis have said many, many times that it's not secure and, and fine. But I put podcast stuff on it. That's stuff I'm going to broadcast anyway. But uh, Dropbox is an awesome way to get that local plus offsite backup. So that's yeah, a free plug for them. I love me some Dropbox, especially on your phone. You know, yeah. just upload pictures real quick. I pay for the 100 gig account, you know, because I like it and I use it. How much is it? Uh, it's $100 for 100 gigs, I think it is, a year. That's good. Yeah, it used to be $100 for 50 gig, and then they went and doubled everybody's account. That was nice. Yeah, it's awesome. 
And this week, of course, Dropbox introducing two-factor authentication to make it even more secure for keep people keep people out of your account. <laughs> really, <laughs> kind of nice. Why you no hack account? It's, can't do it. It goes to your. They got to have your mobile phone, so that's kind of nice. Cool. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where you plug your stuff as if you haven't been doing it for the last fifty-three minutes. <laughs> so uh, let's start with you, James. What have you got to plug? Well, if you want to know anything about anything relating to IT certifications, then you should visit my website at professormesser.com. And Steve? I actually haven't been plugging. I, I always come here and talk about Podnuts. I don't really talk about my other site too much. Well, actually, I do, but I didn't do it this show. My, so the site I'm talking about is howtopodcast.biz. If you guys want to know what is in my mind, in my brain, everything I know about podcasting. That's where you find it. And um, I just did a memory dump onto that site. And that's where my, I saw some videos on how to, how to podcast. So check it out. How to podcast.biz. Excellent. And as I already mentioned, you can find me where you found this show because you probably had to download it from somewhere, right? Uh, elementopi.com where I have this show and five other fine shows of various and sundry content uh, from uh, education specific to technology specific to just plain goofy. And actually the just plain goofy is my favorite one. So uh, we encourage you to, to do that. And, and also, as we said earlier, we covet your feedback. We said the best way to find out if you're doing things right is to ask your audience. So I am now asking my audience, go over to elementopi.com, click on the art of podcasting forum and make a post there. Let us know how we're doing. Or if you just want to send an email, you can use the contact us button at the top of the page. There'll be a little uh, web form there that will send me an email or you can send me an email directly, mark at elementopi.com if you prefer. So we encourage you to do that. We look forward to hearing from you. Also, if you have questions, if, if, you, if there's a show topic that you think we should do. So far, all of these have uh, just been the three of us generating them. But if you have uh, a specific topic you'd like us to cover, let us know and we will do it because this is user-programmed radio. We will do anything you want, even if it's not a topic, even if you want us to do anything, we will do anything you want. Wow, that's quite a promise. <laughs> that's a Zombocom promise right there. <laughs> if you haven't, go to Zombo.com. It's been around forever. It's anyway, that was just a, that was a very Zombocom moment. We will the anything is possible. The infinite is the reality at Zombocom. Anyway, uh, that's all I got, guys. Thanks for being on the show. And how about we do this again next week? Okay. Yes. It's a date. But for now, that ends this episode of the Art of Podcasting.